You're listening to Housewives on Display with Jay. And Jay. How are you doing? Hi. I'm doing great because today is a holiday. I hate to do breaking news at the top of the episode, but Teddy Mellencamp was fired today or quit today. So I'm just in a giddy mood since I heard that. Hallelujah. Ugh. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Hope everyone enjoys tonight's episode of R-H-O-B-H. It's a bumpy ride. After three seasons, I have decided to walk away from the show. I wish the cast, production, and Bravo all the best in future seasons. And I am grateful that I have had made some lifelong friends out of this experience. Wake me up when September. Like, I just feel like, okay. All right, yeah. So, how? What else is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, Teddy. <laughs> this is her swan song, and it's a short song, sweetie. So, goodbye. Yes. Goodbye. Um, and good riddance. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about how she burst into tears as she heard us saying these things. Um. <sighs> Thank God I don't have to see those tears on screen. But t- today we are going to start with uh, Real Housewives of Potomac, season five, episode three, titled Sip and See You Later. Okay, so what grade are you giving it? And state your case. We're in A territory. We're speaking, sure. but am I'm debating between an A minus and an A. That's what I'm debating between. I feel like, it's really the fourth wall breaking with the no camera, but the audio in the first couple of minutes within the show is really what's making me say A, honestly. Okay. I'm going to give it an A minus. But again, it's just one of those situations where it's like, if someone came up to me and was like, no, you know, I really think that this person deserves an A, I'd be like, you know what? Fine. So that's kind of where I am with it. I feel like I'm just reserving my true A for the infamous fight scene because I think that's really going to bring me into A territory. I feel like fights always go A territory. Yeah, yeah. I'm w- I'm waiting for the fight to be A plus. I'm waiting for A plus plus even if I have to bring oh, that out. Oh, so you're doing A plus? Yeah. Okay, I thought we were just doing like grading school where like you know plus- A plus is not really like a thing anymore necessarily. It's like no. A and A minus. But we're yeah. we live like Wanda from Bojack. We were in a coma for twenty years, so we're back in twenty years ago where it was A plus. <laughs> <laughs> Still arguing about, you know, Candace basically telling them all to shut the bleep up. You know, she's just saying, I don't want to get into this conversation. And then Wendy step like steps in. So what do you think about Wendy stepping in? Because basically Wendy was like, you know, from the outside looking in, is this only Candace needs to apologize or does Ashley need to apologize too? So Wendy says, give me some primer, which is funny. (laughs) I don't know why that just made me giggle, but she says, give me some primer. And Ashley's primer is that she tweeted some really nasty things while I'm laid up in a hospital bed, which I hear that. I hear that. But Ashley, sweetie, where's the primer at? Where's the primer at? Because let's be quite frank about it. You've been a little nasty and a little rude. So nasty and so rude. My thing is like, 
if someone else was saying like, oh, she said some nasty tweets about me while I was up in my, you know, hospital bed, I would be more sympathetic. But because it's Ashley and she runs her mouth and says the meanest shit all the time, I'm like, uh, I'm finding it a little hard to be sympathetic. You even got kicked out of this woman's house, came back and started talking even more shit. So yeah, let's not, let's stop pretending like you're super innocent. The other thing that's a killer about this whole situation is the fact that Ashley is asking for an apology again. We've already talked about it from last episode when Candace was not prepared or ready to apologize. So Wendy points out, thank God for the fucking audience that if she did apologize, it would be fake because she doesn't mean it in this moment. It has to come from a genuine place. And I love that you said that because, again, it's what we had said last week. Like, if Candace were to apologize right now, it would be fake. You're all pressing down on her, browbeating, as Wendy specifically said. She's not going to give you a genuine apology. So why do you even want it right now? And why is everyone having a hard time understanding how, quite frankly, it's none of anyone's business on this table except for Ashley and Candace? So if Candace is saying, I'm not going to apologize in front of this audience, then we keep it moving. We're pretending that this is a party for Ashley when it's really a make Candace apologize party. (laughs) And you know what? That's a whack party. I don't want to be invited to that party. So I don't. There's a Candace quote I really just want to quote here. In her confessional, she says the following. She said, this group has a habit of creating mayhem, foolishness, and contention at tables. Which I love because is that not like every housewife's dinner could be summed up by those three words. Whenever they sit down, that's what's going the fuck on. When there are, when there's plates, food, and drinks involved, something always goes down. I don't know what it is. And then I don't like Robin jumping in with her ugly outfit and her mom hair. Yeah, her hair was all business and so was she. She came in there and she had things to say. And I'm like, Robin, wait to pipe up and wake up this season after sleeping for five seasons. Juan finally claims you and now you can step up as a human being? I'm just so confused. What you're speaking up on? Like, come on. She said that Candace went berserk on her. Did Candace have to throw the butter knife? No. She didn't. But did Ashley say some disrespectful things and then get kicked out only to come back in and try to say some more disrespectful things? Yeah. So I don't know why everyone's like forgetting that. And it's just completely against Candace in that situation. And that's why Candace told her to shut the fuck up. (laughs) As she should. As she should. And then Monique does this thing that, and this is, and I told you, you know, when Jay and I were texting privately about the show, I told her that Monique really showed her ass this episode. And there are several key points in which she does. This was the first point in which she did for me. Beyond the fact that she organized this to slam Candace, really. But for me, when she was like, when she started speaking and Candace was like, I'm speaking, like, let me, let me talk. 
And then every time Candace would go to speak, she would do that. Go ahead, baby girl. Speak, speak, speak. And then, you know, you start speaking again. And then she's like, speak, go ahead. Go ahead and speak. You know, like kind of like cutting her off every time. I was like, that's pretty immature. And she was like tilting her head to the side and like egging her on. And like, you know, she's already riled up. So you doing all of that and it, it, no, not today. Please relax yourself. You, you're supposed to be the hostess with the mostest. I don't see any of that hostess energy in you today. Just face it. You have your own personal beef with Candace right now, and you're using this Ashley shit as a cover to bring it up. You're and you're you're mad at Candace clearly. I I just don't know. And so, how how do you feel about Monique saying that the issue was that she didn't give her a heads up? I would say thumbs up, but I'm going to have to go thumbs down on it because later in the episode, she does get a heads up and she still shows her ass. So, mm. Right. It, it's like, okay, you, you're saying that it's because I didn't give you a heads up, but clearly I give you a heads up and you still... show your ass also what are they eating because it's, it's so i was sorry. just about to say that <laughs> fucking giselle has like some, some sort of rigatoni and then she has like a salad like, it was I, I don't even know what that was it, it's like stark white like and i can't yeah it's some sort of like long thin noodle i forgot the name of that the long thin noodle and then it's covered in some sort of brown sauce so it's giving me yeah, and it has, like, tomatoes. And I don't know what it is, but I cannot figure out what that white coleslaw-type thing with, like, cilantro on top. I have no idea what the fuck is going on. And so, once again, our queen, Karen, has to be the voice of reason and steps mm. in and says basically what Wendy said already, but says it again in a different way. Like, this is between Candace and Ashley, and that's where it needs to stay. And then Ashley, and then so then Candace tells Ashley, okay, Again, I'm willing to apologize. I don't want to do it in front of an audience. Right now is not the time and the place. And Ashley says I'm willing to accept that. And then Giselle and Monique were like, oh, we, we made some progress. We made some progress. And then Candace turns to Wendy and she's like, so we're happy because Ashley's happy. And then Candace refused to toast. <laughs> yeah, she was sick about it. The one thing that you can appreciate about Candace is that you never have to guess how she feels. You know, she's not one of those people that it's like you're going to go home and you thought you were cool, like Monique, but you're not. Yeah. You know exactly where you stand with her at all times. At all times. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Let's just take, let cut the bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not in the mood for a guessing game all the time. So, the next scene, you know, they leave the table. Um, well, everyone starts to get up on the table. Candace and Ashley have a little chit-chat on the side. And then... But, oh, but there, wait. Even in that chit-chat to the side, she fucking, um, like, Ashley sons her a little bit. She was like, that was very big of you to come. Like, this is big for you. <laughs> I was like, ooh, you nasty. You know, Ashley's clearly going for, like, the really the subtle nasty this season so far. I mean, I guess that's fine, because clearly Giselle and Monique are going for the outright nasty, but we can't all be outright nasty, I guess. So the next clip it shoots is a black screen. It says, three minutes later, cameras wrap shooting, audio keeps rolling. The text Finished. on the screen 
made my like literally I got chills down my spine when I saw the text on the screen with that like discovery ID thing like a 911 operator call them using that sound wave oh it was giving me life I just had to announce that (laughs) thanks for that so Monique says I knew you were going to be mad at me Candace said no don't talk to me (laughs) no we are not friends Monique says, no, 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 no. And she's laughing. Candace says, back the fuck up. Get off. Monique says, I had to. And Candace says, no, you did not. You could have come to me at the party and been like, bitch, why did you invite this hoe? And Monique says, no, we're going to talk about this off camera. That was the soundbite. So what are we thinking about just that soundbite alone? My favorite part of that soundbite two parts one part is the fact that Monique is not upset during any of that she's all giggles not even being like nice nasty like truly just all giggles and all smiles because she was just in a scene for her she was just in a show and now the show has ended now she could be who she was okay and then I heard Monique say I had to do it I had to do it you had to do it because you had to do it for plot so we'll circle that again later in the episode but Mm -hmm. she literally says herself she had to do it the only thing she does not say is because we are on real housewives potomac (laughs) right and so ladies and gentlemen this is also the second point in which i think monique was showing her ass this episode and if you know we're not even at the first commercial break yet so she's shown her ass twice already so, and then Candace, you know, goes on to point that out. She's like, Monique can't be trusted. She's one way in front of the group. And she's a whole different way when the group is not around. And that's not being a friend. She's being two-faced. That does not a friend make. Even if you had to for filming, why couldn't you still give me the heads up? Like on the private, on the side, like when the cameras weren't catch- like catching you. Why couldn't you just be like, listen, girl, I got to bring this up act shock act mad act surprised yes i hear that but also no one on bravo is a good actress or actor so the (laughs) best reaction are their genuine ones those are the moments that we live for so if you want to make good tv you're not going to give a heads up in the denise lisa renna fashion you're not going to give the heads up you want it to her first reaction to play out on camera so i see from a master manipulator standpoint that but then what did i just call you a mass manipulator okay so that's what's happening hmm. Hmm. so you're definitely maintaining that when she said i had to she meant she had to for filming yeah to me what are the other options i don't know i'm trying to think what i thought when i first heard it mm-hmm. maybe i was just thinking like like i had to clear the air or i had to get to the bottom i i, I kind of took it more that route but i obviously like that I had to for filming purposes makes more sense. Um, it's the fact that it was off camera. If she had said to her, I had to like at the table to clear the air, like if she was sitting there in that tension, cause they didn't even just get up as soon as that ended. They sat there for a minute. So that tension was there and she didn't even address it. If she was, you know what I mean? If it was for another reason then she would have been like, girl, I had to like, look, you, what you did was shady. And then it would have been addressed at the table and then cleared on camera, but she didn't want it cleared on camera. She wants that tension to, 
their storyline to keep building. But off camera, it's, girl, you know, that's what we do. That's what I had to do. That's what it was. Because you wanted to call Sharice Warthog on national television. That's fine. If that's what you wanted to do, okay, fine. But to use Candace as part of the plot for that is going to cost you. So the next scene, we see Ashley uh, in her um, overseer, as Candace called him. And they are going shopping with the baby, baby D. And, you know, Michael's giving her all these compliments. He's like, wow, you look great. Your ass looks great in those jeans. And, you know, they're just having this little, I guess, this little family moment in discussing the sip and see. And then she tells him that Candace is coming to the sip and see. Michael is really trying to rehab his image here. (laughs) (laughs) Right. He's complimenting her. He's always holding the baby. He's being understanding of Candace coming to his house. Also, why did Ashley have on those heels? She, she wanted to feel sexy. Yeah, those are um, I'm getting sexy heels. Okay. I'm, it, it, those are like, I'm trying to buy my groove again heels. I get it. And they kept zooming in on her feet, so I think they really want to show us like, she's back at it. She's getting back into her old self. <laughs> so then she goes and says, while Michael still appreciates me physically, <gasps> From the outside. He hasn't been able to enjoy me from the inside. Basically saying that they've had a difficult experience trying to have sex uh, post this baby. That he started getting upset and he actually cried because he thought he was hurting her. I love that from her perspective it's because he almost hurt her. I'm pretty sure he cried because he was like, fuck. (laughs) I wanted to have sex so bad tonight. He's hard as a rock. He's bawling. And, and, he, and at that moment, he can't leave and go to his, his you know, side. Concubine. Yeah. <laughs> his other concubine. So he has to sit there and, you know, fester in it. What would you do in that situation? Are you, I guess you, ha- you got to polish him off, no? I imagine I, if I was him. just hurt in a major way where he's crying, I must be pretty shaken up as well. If he's upset, I can't imagine I could just go for a quick blowy. Right, but we've just established that he wasn't crying because he was, <laughs> he was crying because they had to end it. Well, she doesn't know that. She seems to think it's because of, you know, of the injury. So that let us know that, okay, she, okay, so things were not great for her either. We don't, I guess she didn't cry, but she felt like it. Uh, and then I, now I want to know the logistics. Um, did he try to like ram it in? Was it slow going? And it was just like, it wasn't going. Like, I'm now I'm very mm-hmm. Was there a lot of foreplay to lead up to this? Was everybody ready and accounted for? I don't know. Wow. All the more reasons to not want to have kids, ladies and gentlemen. Well, not vaginally, at least. So, the next scene, we see the green-eyed bandits back together again. Um, Giselle has, like, this weird little scene with this worker man. I don't know but that was supposed to signify um, that her house is under construction still, that she's working on it, or I, I don't know. Uh, and then Robin pulls up, and I want to say she pulled up in a Range Rover? A surely rented Range Rover, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, you know, they hug, whatever, we go to the back, we're on some sort of patio. There are no chairs, by the way. She's on a folded chair. 
And um, and again, the backyard giving me real ditch. They look like they're in a ditch. You know how Cynthia Bailey had, you know, the Bailey Lake house or the Bailey Lake or whatever she fucking called it. Lake Ooh. Bailey. Lake Bailey. There we go. It looks like Giselle wanted to re- recreate that Lake Bailey feel. Mm. But it's giving me cabin in the woods. <laughs> it's not giving me... She's trying to give Oasis. She's giving Cabin in the Woods. Tear down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's giving me scary. So Robin asks her, you know, how are things going with you and Jamal? And Giselle's like, oh, they're going great. And then Robin asks, I guess, you know, what we all want to know. How did we get here? How did Giselle and Jamal rekindle their flame? I wrote down in my notes a direct quote. Jamal and Giselle, colon, a match made in tacky heaven. And I agree with that. That's how we got here. And as I will later describe for y'all when that scene approaches, he's just a very, he's a weird cat. He's a really weird cat to me. And she's very annoying and weird and tacky so I mean honestly it's they are a match mate who else would they be with really so Robin astutely says that she's the last person that can judge about you know going back with a man or whatever and that's... someone had to say it <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad she's a little self aware not completely enough for my liking but a little bit uh, Giselle says she saw so much growth and development quote unquote Mm. Um. Right question, and then Robin said, "And he became sexy to you," and then just all agreed. So she explained that he became so sexy to her when he was acquiring this church or trying to become the pastor of this church. I don't this, know what the right, this, process this is. Pastorship. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was going on this fellowship to become the pastor. I um found that interesting because I just always find it interesting that pastors of these mega churches just bring home so much money you know salary basis but they work for a nonprofit. it's just all it's like a lot going on for me so like him this was like kind of a promotion and he was looking to raise his salary a bit but like in the name of god okay and then him doing that made it sexy to you all right right listen i already said um i mean for those of us that don't listen to the P-Valley podcast, you don't watch P-Valley. I've already said my piece on how I feel about pastors um, and deacons and bishops and whatever you, (laughs) whoever you listen to in the pulpit on Sundays. I just feel like there is something, they are very salesmen, very politician-like to me. Um, And that could be a good or a bad thing, but generally if someone compares it to a politician, it's a bad thing. on a good, on the good way, they can be charismatic and in a positive. Like all pastors are not bad; they're good, charismatic, hopeful, like God fearing pastors. But then Absolutely. there are the snakes who work at these mega churches trying to make millions. Exactly my point. So on one hand, you know, it's it's because at the end of the day, you still have this this sort of innate, like natural power and influence over people. So you can either use that for good or you can use that for evil, which is ironic because it's also a church. So it's like, are you, you know, a child of God or are you just the devil's crafty minion? 
it sounds like Jamal was being the crafty minion, but you know, Giselle claims she sees so much change in him. So who am I to disagree? Okay. <laughs> I'm agreeing with the kids. They see what we see. I'm about to say, but the kids be on it. So I don't know. So anyway, so then, you know, Giselle goes on to, you know, boost her man up, of course. And so she's just saying like, oh, you know, he looks good. You know, he dresses nice. He looks good in like a suit, especially. And then Robin, to be a bitch, was like, oh, in the pink suit. You thought the pink suit was cute. And so they flash this picture of Jamal and three girls. And Jamal is in a three-piece Pepto-Bismol pink corduroy suit with some sort of locket chain piece across the stomach. Yeah, some sort of suit jewelry. I don't know <laughs> what is happening. I was stunned. And I knew he was tacky. <laughs> I was still I paused on that picture for so long, I didn't know what to do. I mean, are we going to get into the shades? I mean, I I want to, but there's so much going on with the suit still. <laughs> I don't even... I honestly wish I knew about, like, menswear enough to describe it to you all. But just know... He also has on a crown brooch. And I don't even want to say that's corduroy. It looks shiny. It looks like some sort no. of like satin. No, this has to, but there's lines going through it. The way it's creased, someone ironed the fuck out of his pants. One of his other hoes, clearly. Yeah. And then Ooh. I want to call it a seersucker, but I don't even know what a seersucker suit is. But if I had to imagine what a seersucker suit is, it would be this. It's, I wonder what the back looks like. Does it hang long? Is it like a high-low type of suit jacket top? I don't know. Just just know it is a hot fucking mess. And Robin ain't shit for bringing it up. But thank you, girl. Because I would have never seen this picture had she not. <laughs> and you know what? And now I'm suddenly okay with paying for Robin's Range Rover payments by watching this <laughs> show. Because she brought that up. I'm okay with that. And then so Giselle goes and tells Robin also that he's been having issues with the girls um, in particular to how they're feeling about her and their father dating again. She said that she's watched, you know, shows, quote unquote, parent trap. Um, and, and she's like, don't all kids want their parents to get back together? Question mark. Um, here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> I don't ever like, I have some experience with this in some of my family members' lives. I don't ever like when a parent's like, you're jealous or you're making me jealous. I have the right as your child to be as jealous as I, and it's not even the word jealous can even be used. I am your child. I'm supposed to be your entire life. So excuse me if I want you to take my feelings into account, especially when it comes to being with my father, who I think is not the man for you. Like, God forbid, I have an opinion on this guy I know and this woman I know being together, and it just so happens to be my mother and my father, and I have an opinion, and I'm going to say it because I don't want you to make a mistake. You've already made it. To be a woman with... I'm going to say female children. I don't like the word female, but... Woman children doesn't sound... doesn't make any sense. But to be a woman with female children and to to... Frame them being concerned, not even for like their welfare. They're concerned about you. 
Yeah. But like dad is, you know, dad is our dad. You're our mom. Like we're not concerned about y'all as parents. We're concerned about how you are going to feel and act when I say when, (laughs) when this blows up. And she somehow takes that and twists and turns it into they're making me choose. And that raises my 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 hackles. The hairs on the back of my neck are raised. Because I'm like, do you feel like now this is a projection? Like, so you feel like you're being forced to choose. And then I'm also curious as to he'll always be your BD. So you'll always have a relationship with him if you feel like you just have some sort of connection where you all need to talk all the time or something. But as far as a lover. I don't know if you said one of the things you love about him being your due is your kids would love him and that's not the case. So, Right, so he's already falling short. Why are you seeing them voicing their concerns as a, a choice to be made? I just, just gave me very icky feelings. I already, there are certain housewives that I think are, that are great moms and there are certain ones that I just don't think are the best and that's just human nature not everyone's a great parent you don't know what you're really getting into when you get into it so that's fine I don't know if I can say Giselle is a great parent to me I don't feel like I feel the connection between her and her children any one of them (laughs) like ever first of all they tell her like we need you to be in a relationship we want you to be in a relationship we're nicer when you're in a relationship Mm -hmm. red flag (laughs) and then you're in a relationship and they have a problem with who you're in a relationship with but they like Sherman they like Kevin it's just don't like Jamal Hmm. you know what girls I don't either so (laughs) intuition for the win yeah yeah I'm with you all I stand with you (laughs) (laughs) um so the next scene, we see a way more functional family, mm-hmm. and we are introduced to the home life of Wendy. Uh, and I will preface this scene just by saying that I think that Wendy is a fabulous addition. Um, I like what she's bringing so far, especially even after this scene. Do I think she's going to last on Potomac? Very unclear. I don't think so. Not because she can't, but because why should she? (laughs) Like, she clearly doesn't need to be on the show. So, you know, they're in the kitchen. It's Wendy, her husband, and her two boys. Um, Her husband's name is Eddie, and their son's names are Cruz and Carter uh, with K's. And um, I guess they're preparing for... I think it was Wendy's mom to come and she's going to teach them, you know, their language, which is Igbo. What I thought was interesting is the mom came up from the basement. Like she's coming up. So does the mom live in the basement? They made it seem like she lives there. And then the mom, like later in the scene, they're like, take the baby. And then the mom just disappears into the basement. Like she just, yeah, that's where she lives. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, that's fine. I love that. Right. I'm like, if everyone has a good relationship, why not? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I know my mom would love for me to have her in <laughs> in my home, in my basement, or whatever at some point in life. Yeah, my parents um, would be honored to live in my basement. 
They'd be <laughs> for sure. They would feel so privileged to live in my basement. But um, when Wendy was talking, I'll say my note now. When Wendy was talking about her husband, she calls her husband Mr. Chocolate, and then she says, "Let me not." And then allegedly, Mr. Chocolate from Real Housewives of Atlanta, Phaedra's man that she was allegedly dating when she was still married to Apollo. This is all very alleged. Mr. Chocolate was allegedly Jamal Bryant. So then the Mr. Chocolate thing just like leaks into Potomac. And then Wendy was breaking the fourth wall. And then here's the thing. My only con about Wendy. My only con. She's very conscious that she's on camera. She's very aware. She's obviously a fan of the show. She kind of knows what's going on. She obviously is on this show because she wants to be famous. Like most of the women on these franchises like the Lisa Vanderpumps and the Adrian Maloof, like they're already rich. They already have it going on. They're already successful. They don't care about all that, but you can't buy fame. The only way you can get fame is doing stuff like this. So they do stuff like this to get their name out there and be known for their personalities and all that. So I feel like that's what Wendy's doing. And I feel like she does a lot of wink and nods and smiles to the camera. Sometimes I feel like she's going to just look at the camera and wink. Like it's crazy. I'll point some of them out. I felt like she was doing that, that first scene with Candace when they were, like, talking, like, taglines to each other. I feel like they were shooting, like, and then that ended up being Candace's tagline. It was all, like, very, you know what I mean? I feel like she's very mm. aware. She's very aware of what's happening, which I kind of like when they don't know what's happening. I prefer to pretend that they have no idea what this franchise was before they ended up on here. They just, their friends told them to come on, and they said, okay. But that's not real life. With the show's been on for so long now that it just, that's what it is. But I do notice that with her. That was my note. Well, what I will say about that also is just we also have to take into account what Wendy's profession is. You know, as a professor at like a, a really well-known institution mm-hmm. and as someone who does political commentary frequently, I can see why she kind of gives those, you know, here's the camera in my face moments. Especially because it's like for just to compare her to, well, I mean, we'll be talking about later also, but um, Lisa Renner from Beverly Hills. Lisa Renner still acts like she knows, and in my opinion, she still acts like she knows that she's on camera because she gives us the very soap opera, you know, reactions and teardrop and all sorts of dramatics. But there's a difference between. A soap opera actress, obviously, mm-hmm. and someone who's like doing political commentary. For one, as a political commentator, you're looking in the screen. Mm-hmm. So you're used to having to be aware of the screen and having to look at yourself in the screen versus like a soap actress who's not supposed gonna, to look at the screen. Yeah, they're just going to turn up the emotion to the maximum. To the maximum, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like same thing, different different sides of the coin kind of thing. But I can see what you're saying. I get, I get what you're saying. I just think it's She's just not an actress or a wannabe actress, even the like how some people, because a lot of people on this sh- these kind of shows also want to be somebody. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I think, you know, her not being an actress, plus her being in a position where she has to look at a camera when she's on camera, <laughs> I feel like it kind of translates into, oh, shit, there's a camera over there. Let me look this way. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Like, I don't, I don't hate it. I, it, but it is a dynamic on this show I haven't felt like anyone was really like looking at the camera Wendy's kind of looking at the camera which I like okay. Someone, someone's finally doing it it's different and that's yeah I mean it's fine it's 
speed it up, twist it up, you mm-hmm. know, give me something different. The new baby's looking like a new baby, super fresh. I love that. Um, I'm not going to talk about her mom out of respect, you know, for her. But uh, I will say that I noticed that Wendy gets her harsh, like this. They do the same style of eyeshadow, the harsh, dark color on the outer V with the super bright, whatever glitter gold usually on the lid. And then like not as you know, soft and blended. I, I learned, you yeah. know, you pick up makeup tricks from your mom. That's classic. When Wendy does her own makeup, I can tell she picks up tricks from her mama. You know, children's shop, I guess. Very reminiscent of the scene with um, Ashley and her husband. I guess that was supposed to be, you know, drawing parallels. Uh, but Candace noticeably doesn't have a child with her. And right. So talk- right. And so they're talking about shopping for... Um, I guess his daughter question mark okay so where did this third kid come from because we knew he had two kids he had the kid that lived around a corner from him that didn't speak to him and then he had the kid that was like in Florida or somewhere down south but where what kid I wonder where this daughter falls is she one of the kids that lives down in Florida or is she one of the kids that lives around the corner doesn't talk it seems like the Florida kid because she seems to talk to them or at least acknowledge their presence yeah, I was so confused. They don't really talk about it. And I mean, I guess, like, again, you don't really have to, but I, it was very unclear. I, too, also don't know <laughs> how this child falls into it and how old this child is. If you're shopping in this this kind of store, I would assume the kid is a kid. I, huh. She picked out a dolly for her. I'm like, okay. <laughs> You're right. And then they're like, oh, she loves bows. I'm like, what the fuck? How old is she? Like, So anyway, Candace goes on, you know, to say that she loves having a bonus daughter. And she knows how important it is for step uh, parents and stepchildren to kind of get along. Whatever, fine. She, quote unquote, sees, you know... <laughs> this these these booties and you know on the shelf and she's like oh my god should i get ashley a present should i get a present for dean for the sip and see yeah i love that he's trying to be her voice of reason but i can see him getting over it eventually at some point in the future it's like caregiver strain it's like okay like mm-hmm. i know i'm supposed to be taking care of you and i know i'm your husband i know you know but at some point come on i'm tired Remember that night that she threw the better knife that he had to cook that dinner for all those ladies and simultaneously hold her down and restrain her so that she wouldn't freak the fuck out. Like, he has a lot of jobs in that house. That's all I'm saying. He has a lot of jobs. Mm -hmm. He has to he's doing the cooking. He's trying to do the providing especially more now than before. And now I also have to do the emotional containment. That's a lot, babes. What are you bringing to the table in comparison? Before it was Dorothy's money, and that was nice. And he allegedly comes from money. I don't see his family giving him any bucks. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's confusing is she's bringing the hair company that she owns and the reality TV stardom. But other than that, 
And the stardom is a plus and a minus. Right. And I can't say sex anymore. But I guess for men, that's like high up there. But then you're not even doing that anymore. So it's... So anyway, the next scene, we have Monique, who's determined to make this bird relevant and make this a part of her storyline. On top of everything else. Earlier, I lied and said that there was only one person on the show looking at the camera. There are two. Monique's the other person that is fully on a TV show and is fully acting for the camera. And I can't take it at this point. It's been really bad this season. And I say this season like there's been multiple. Ep- I mean, <laughs> been, we're only halfway through the third one. But I'm just, I'm over it. Stop with the bird. And then she has the bird out when when. Uh, Karen comes to visit her and it's like you know how Karen feels about the bird like, and you know she's going to say something like it's just very and the way they shot that scene was very much so like when Kyle pulled up at Camille's house and they were shooting it like it was a daytime soap it's like oh you're com- I'm coming to your house and you have that bird she's like yes hug me and then the way the angles were I'm just like what is this bit <laughs> it was a bit okay a bad bit Monique and Karen are sitting on the back patio enjoying some champs, some charcuterie, and all sorts of other little things. And they're discussing, obviously, the only thing relevant in Monique's plotline right now, which is Candace. She said, I just got to the point where when Giselle told me about her inviting people that she knows I have a conflict with and just not giving me a heads up. That just keeps lingering in my mind. The edit of Giselle being like <laughs> the devil on her shoulder, Loki. And he's she's like, ooh, yes, I can't believe you do that behind your back. I mean, Sharice, ooh, girl. She said, what type of friend does that? Sharice has been facilitating nasty rumors. And you know this. Nasty alleged facts. They were fucking true. You would not be reacting this way it weren't true especially because it's it's only been in Potomac no one else has said these things no one else is talking about it I feel crazy <laughs> I feel nuts I get that the streets are talking and you want your name cleared in the hood because you're good in the hood there and that's fine but like do that off camera with the people in the city you want it to be on national tv you want to make sure that everyone that could possibly know about it knows that it's not true but if that's your way of debunking it again you're not doing a great job you're making it pretty clear to me at least that you're guilty i don't know anyone who screams from the rooftops i didn't cheat on my husband like no one does that no one who's not guilty. <laughs> does and then I don't know if you know, but Monique went on live, like, I think after this episode with Chris and like, I think you saw it, right? And then she's like literally tucked in with him. Their, their body yep. language, they're enveloped in each other. Yep. And then on top of that, like, they're just sitting there like, oh, we could say a lot of truths about other people too. Right. So what are you, you're saying too. Wait, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're saying I can say some truths as well. Some things I know are facts. Because what 
they're saying about you is facts. You want to throw facts with facts. That's what, that's what you would do. If you want to throw lies with lies, that would be a different thing. But which, every act you're doing that I'm seeing makes it look real bad. So tighten up. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 uh, all right. So the next scene, we're kind of doing a little, you know, mid story arc montage. And, uh, we see Robin with this weird, you know, just, I want to say genie hat, but that's not appropriate. <laughs> it is giving, it is definitely giving genie, but it, she wears these from time to time. And, okay. It's fine. The whole outfit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. The whole outfit's like really ugly, but it's okay. She's in her home, I guess. She's trying to wake up her son. She's like to Chuck E. Cheese. Like, was it going last night? Like, why are you so tired? She was like, yeah. He was like, yeah. What? He was hungover. He was hungover from <laughs> the smelly feet, smelling ass place with the alleged. They're taking people's leftover pizza and putting it together to give people new pizza. <laughs> I love that detail so much. You don't understand. That's my favorite thing about Chuck E. Cheese, hand down, hands down. It smells like ass and feet. They retake your pizza, allegedly, and shove it onto the other pizza pies. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Maybe sprinkle a little bit more cheese on top just to make it seem like it was baked, you know? Right, for but continuity. Yeah. And then you have weird, fucking scary animatronic mice, essentially, on stage. It's just... It's a scary place. And it's not going to survive post-COVID, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, when are they filing for bankruptcy? And next... <laughs> I used to be a Chuck E. Cheese head, but... My little brother has always hated it, and I honestly respect him in hindsight. He is a more mature man than I. I mean, a more yes. mature person than I. He has such taste. I know. He's so smart. I was so dumb. I used to think it was cool. I didn't know. Where I'm from, we didn't have a Chuck E. Cheese, but we had something equivalent. But because, you know, where I went it was more of like a mom and pop. <laughs> kind of <laughs> kid place. It wasn't as fucking disgusting and low budget as Chuck E. Cheese, but so the next montage little scene, you know, Ray's being Ray. He's on the couch that he doesn't look like he belongs on. Do you notice that? Like, I don't know why he just doesn't fit the decor. It's clearly all Karen's taste. <laughs> <laughs> Not a touch of Ray in that house. Not a touch of Ray in this house in this space. And he's on the couch. She's across from him at her desk having some sort of, you know, little Zoom meeting about some panel. And she asks, what's the panel about? And they say it's about beauty. As if it could be anything else. Right. As if, what would you be doing as somebody who is trying to sell perfume? You're going to be at the beauty panel, babe. (laughs) And then she exclaims, oh, great! Like, as if that was out of left field to her. What was it supposed to be about Goodyear tires? Like I'm just so confused. <laughs> like, okay, so we move on, and you know Wendy's having a moment with Cameron. She clearly likes you know the K names, and uh, she's like, "Mommy has to go to TV today." 
I love that she was talking to her daughter like like she was fully capable of understanding her. I love when people do that because I think that's how you should communicate with children and babies. You can slip up every now and again and do a little baby talk, but but for the most part, I think you should talk to them like you're expecting them to have a full vocabulary when they're older. And I would say that she was, instead of speaking to Cameron, she was speaking to the camera. This is another moment. I feel like she was more so speaking to us, letting us know what she was going to be doing to give, quote unquote, primer for when we see her on MSNBC. And the and baby, very nice right, the baby was just there as a prop to give an explanation as to why she would be saying this out loud. But I love that none of the other kids were available, obviously, and the husband clearly wasn't ready to be booked for this moment. So th- the baby will have to do. She was just around. So it's her who has to listen to this soliloquy. Right. And you know what? And that's fine. The, the baby Cameron is benefiting yeah. from from being used in such a way. It's only fair. You use my body for like 10 months. I can use you for this one little prop scene. And so they're talking about, you know, Trump and his disdain for black athletes uh, evidently but he hates everybody so is that much of a topic of discussion anyway so (laughs) i can't believe he would come for braun like that i remember when he came for braun you don't do that to the king you do not do things like that shut your mouth there was like a ton of other celebrities we could have came for before we came for lebron so it's crazy that you chose lebron but okay that's sexy little man Sorry, Savannah. Not really. So, (laughs) (laughs) the next scene, we're with Giselle and her girls again. We're in the car and we're heading to some sort of secret birthday surprise on a boat that the father is orchestrating. And Giselle is trying to hype it up. She's like, oh my God, we got to be on a boat. And the girls, especially Grace, gives her the driest side eye I think I've ever seen. They are just overall so unimpressed with her and and their father. They have no sort of reaction when it comes to things they try to do to impress them. They don't care about anything they have to say or do. They're like, whatever. (laughs) And also, Giselle's like, aren't you excited for my birthday? Like, also, no. (laughs) (laughs) My mom does that too. And I'm like, bro, like, oh my god. So we're gonna do this, this. this. I'm like, whoa, leave me out of it. Leave me out of it. So anyway, so what do you feel about Giselle's outfit? Let's. I'm not gonna talk about the girls because you know, they're girls, they're children. I was looking really rough and dusty <laughs> around their age too. But what do you think about Giselle's outfit? Makeup was lighter and fresher than usual, so that I will applaud. Um, for the hair to be in a ponytail, it looked like fresh hair. I mean, I I like when people just wear their hair down on their birthday. I just if if you can just wear your hair down in any way, shape, or form. But it it looked freshly washed and done, so I was happy about that. The tacky top was just that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the metallic nail was just that. Uh, I love a hoop. So I mean, just it's all relative. She looked nice. Did it look like it was her birthday? No, but she looked mm. okay. Uh, the metallic nail. The metallic nail. It's okay. It was a choice. So anyway, so now they're on the 
the boat as she calls it and um they're all sitting around and it's crickets do you remember this one scene that happens when they're passing out the salads the one of the twins gets like possessed when she's looking at the salad do you see that that cracked me up it was a, a short moment but the the editors always find ways to make us laugh. That is so funny to me. She literally was like taking over her body for a second. It was crazy to watch. <laughs> this is so awkward. So they get off the silence. They start bringing the food out. It's fine. Then they're trying to determine the last time that they all saw Jamal. Everyone says different things. Two weeks, three weeks, one week, whatever. Apparently, and so clearly Jamal is trying to work on Grace the hardest. She's the oldest. So if Grace likes dad, then we can assume that the twins will like dad as well. So that's, I feel like, where he's going with it. Because when they got out the car, even a couple, uh, you know, a couple seconds back, he only complimented Grace. He didn't compliment the twins. We established on the premiere episode that Grace is the liaison and she is the one that is the bridge between the twins. And the parents, so they do need to get in good with her since she is in the middle. Exactly. So if you want to get to the twins, if you want to get to two thirds of the children, you got to get to that. (laughs) (laughs) You got to get to the one third, which is Grace. Mm -hmm. And so then, you know, Jamal recounts the story where he showed up at Grace's school unannounced and she promptly told him to get out and go. I wonder what the context on that was, but also, like, I was always excited when my parents popped up. I don't remember, like, running to them and saying, get out. Right. Even, you know, me with, you know, my father, that special, special man, when, you know, he would come to my school, I feel like I would be like, oh, my God, like, my dad is here. Especially, like, in after school when I would have to, like, wait around to kind of get picked up and, you know. Mm-hmm. It's first world problems, but, like, my parents are obviously workers, so I always got picked up later. <laughs> it Same. was just always a nice treat when it wasn't, you know, the typical people picking you up. Like, it wasn't, like, my grandmother. It wasn't, like, my mom. It was, like, my dad. I was like, oh, my God. Rare. And, like, if they come in the middle of the day, usually they come, like, bearing lunch or they're coming to get you early. It's, like, exciting there's there's something happening something good yeah generally i, I don't I, it's, i've never experienced something bad from someone coming to pick me up early from school so her reaction perplexing but i already think he's a little he's a weird cat and i think there's there's something going on there so then because like i said he's what I could problematically refer to as grooming because he's grooming Grace he's saying you know here's this like this envelope because Grace is the oldest sister I'm gonna let her read it and she open it but Grace hands it off to one of the twins and says a reading her is out <laughs> but then probably asks if they're Nicki Minaj tickets <laughs> yeah I love that that's what she wanted it to be because who among us hasn't opened up a present thinking of something and then it being something else? Like, damn it, I thought these were going to be Nicki Minaj tickets. And being <laughs> being sorely disappointed to know that it's actually 
a deed to your owner, part of the ownership of a restaurant <laughs> called, Arizona, <laughs> called Arizona's in Georgia. Um, so we need true boots on the ground. All true, y'all. We need, we'll do investigations too. This restaurant looks like it's fully up and running. So there's that. We need to find out EST. We need to find out percentages. We need to find out who the actual owner is, how they're in bed with Jamal. We need to find out where exactly it's located. Is it in a hot spot? Let's look at the menu. I mean, there's a lot of things to go do. I don't know. And you know what? Quite honestly, I'm not even mad at Grace's lack of reaction. First of all, she's like a teen. So, you know, they're in the I hate everyone phase. It's because of the projection. Like, they Mm -hmm. feel awkward. So when they react awkwardly to other people and think other people are, you know what I mean? It's just, it's growing pain. So I'm not really shocked that she's like not really embracing her father like that. And I'm not really shocked that she was kind of like, I mean, okay, what are children really going to do and how are they really going to appreciate you giving them ownership of a restaurant? Like that's not something, dare I say, power. (laughs) But none of them don't understand like the magnitude of it, but it's just kind of also like, okay. Yeah, they don't understand the true value of like owning a percentage of a restaurant, especially if it's successful. Now, again, that'll be something we have to investigate if it is worth being excited about. But right, and yeah. then there goes my other point. We all know the restaurant business, and you know we could ask Lisa Vanderpump, <laughs> but we all know the restaurant business is not the most lucrative. There's definitely easier avenues to make money (laughs) um there's definitely easier things to own than restaurants Mm -hmm. but it's high risk high reward because if you take off with a restaurant if you get in a chain situation it's lit right right but how many rewards have there been you know but we'll see maybe arizona's is the spot (laughs) i love for arizona's (laughs) to come to a city near me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the girls get up for the bathroom and then Giselle and Jamal are left to have this weird conversation he always looks a little perplexed a little scared a little nervous to me he's one of those guys me and Jay talked about this before because Kevin loves this type of guy he looks like his eyes are always darting he's like adding things up and calculating what's happening and like reading the room but like also socially awkwardly like you could read the room and then like your eyes don't have to scan the room at the same time He's also a little bit soft-voiced for me, and I can't really describe what I mean. I'm not saying that, you know, uh, um, in order for you to be a man, you have to have that, you know, a deep Barry White type of voice. There's not a lot of soul in it. Even Giselle has more oomph to her voice than he does. Yeah, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of character, but something very, like, blow with the wind doesn't make me feel secure in him as a person but yeah also just i'm not saying that he's not around his kids because they seem to know him they said hi dad um but it it's just no familiarity it seems like between him and any of the people he was with (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what i'm saying like very wishy-washy very with the wind It, it was very like i don't even feel like him and Giselle have a connection. Yeah, he had one. His presence was like a whisper. It was so weird. 
and had they didn't even have their little side jokes or whatever. I didn't feel like he knew Giselle intimately at some point. Like it just felt very and so anyway, and so they're discussing, you know, each other. And Jamal asked a very weird question of what was it? Like something about like when was the last time you were happy or truly happy or something like that? Yeah, when was the for but also make it even weirder, when was the last time you were happy on your birthday? Hmm? Does he know some intel that I don't? Right, her birthday's a dark thing for her, low key. And it- Giselle's reaction had me believe that maybe they've had this conversation prior because she automatically jumps with her her not soft voice and she's like oh so what you mean I can't be happy if it's not with you? I'm like whoa what? There's something missing yeah (laughs) (laughs) There's something they're not telling us if I didn't stand with the girls before, I'm definitely with them now. <laughs> I stand with Grace. And what were the other ones? Adore and... Dior? I don't know. <laughs> I hope that's not the one that says that she feels like Jimmy doesn't love her. <laughs> because the fact that we can't remember her name, that's not a good look either, honey. Oh, no. So, the next scene... Ashley is preparing for her sip and see. We got the festive sip and see, you know, baby shower, essentially, I guess. Um, colors going on, I guess. You know, there's blues, there's yellows. We got the penthouse sweeping views. If you could ignore the weird blue walls they have. Um, but I you know, can't. Ashley- <laughs> I can't ignore it. I can't ignore it because the thing is, there, I like blue and decor. It's peaceful. It's tranquil. That's great. The blue they use makes me feel the exact opposite. The shades of blue they are bringing into the decor and like the theme makes me anxious. I don't like that color. I don't. I'm not comfortable. I don't want to sit in their house. It looks. It, I don't know. The house gives me a headache. I don't know if I feel that passionately about it. <laughs> It's after that, I told you, remember last episode, I told you that wallpaper by the door. It's ever since I realized that, ever since that clicked for me, things have been very scary for me. Yeah. It's bad. But to be fair, no one seems to have good taste on the show. So, at least in home decor, for sure. I can't say anyone's home looks nice. If you had to live in one of the housewives' homes on Potomac, who would you live in? Whose house would you live in? So far, probably Wendy's. Hers looked the most tame, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Candace's didn't look too bad either, from what I saw. But definitely not Monique's, definitely not Ashley's, and definitely not Giselle's or Robin's. Um, Ladon's is probably not that bad either, actually. I take it back. So anyway, so everyone's here. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's here and um we're getting here monique pulls up let's let's talk fashions just real quick so how do you feel about ashley's fashion her boobs definitely look like they're lactating the way they're jiggling and moving and they're huge Mm -mm. so i like that she wore a dress to accentuate that and then she gave it easy access for breastfeeding but in terms of the overall glam, it left a lot to be desired. 
abysmal. Yeah. Yeah, the makeup is just eh. The hair was just eh. Ooh, the hair was eh. There was just like nothing. Here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. And it's just not no shade on Ashley. And I completely understand her because when I'm at my fat weight, like right now, (laughs) I don't feel sexy no matter what I'm wearing. I just feel like lipstick on a pig. Like I feel (laughs) like I'm going through the motions of trying to be a, a sexy woman, but it's like whatever. So I understand that Ashley's in that weird postpartum space where you're like, I don't feel sexy. I'm going through the motions. That being said, you got to push through. Part of what's making you depressed is that you're completely forgetting who you are as like a woman named Ashley and as like a woman, period. Why do you have to wear the dress with the easy access for the lactating boob? Why not wear something cute and more sexy and more inaccessible to Dean? And something more like what you would have worn. That's kind of where the problem starts. And so now she never got her hair out. She's probably dealing with a little postpartum shedding. That's fine. But she don't got her hair out. Her makeup is, you know, is a smudge of color on the lid. Where her, like smudge it with her finger and kept moving. I, I just, um... My teeth have been clenched this whole time, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> I, it's not. I don't like seeing it. I don't like seeing it, and she didn't look great, and I wanted her to look radiant, and she didn't. You know, I'm not trying to mommy shame. I understand that she has a lot of things going on. That being said, all of that to say, the outfit didn't slap. The makeup, not that either. So what do you think about Giselle's? Now, I have one positive to say about Giselle. I love a high pony moment, and she has a nice head of hair so that she's able to have a high pony moment. And I even liked the bobo around it. Did it have to be that brown shade? No. Um, But I like the spirit. I see what was being done. But then the bobo would tell me the outfit would be something else. And then I see some prints I'm not happy with that I don't really want to describe because I, again, make my skin crawl. And then some sort of Indiaire-esque earring, which also wouldn't go with the bobo. You know what I mean? The con- Like, what's the theme? If I, I always, something I always do with my friends is, what are you giving me? When we're walking out the house, I want to know, if you had to sum your outfit up, what would you say you're giving me? And I would like to ask Giselle that I would challenge her to answer that question because I I don't think in two words she could explain it. I don't think she knows. And I think that's why I don't like the bobos. I think that's the best part of it. I wish she would have went with that look from hair down, but she didn't. It doesn't work. It looks dumb to me because it doesn't fit the outfit. Not at all. What do you think about Monique? I will say that I think she looks fabulous. She does look fabulous. She obviously put on foundation and no, like, powder. And then, like, her face looks very one-dimensional. So I wish she would have done more on just, like, a a bronzer or a blush or anything. It would have been nice to see. But in terms of, like, the overall look, the hair, the overall, the makeup wasn't bad. I'm just dragging it because I feel like it. But in the dress and everything, she looked great. 
Okay, so what do we feel about Robin's outfit? I think you left her last because it was not very relevant. Again, it's another animal print, and it's some sort of like sweatsuit situation, but with a fun neckline. I didn't find it fun at all. Ugly. What do you feel about Candace's that she's arriving right now? I liked her pants. Yeah, I mean, she managed to look good just overall. Mm -hmm. Would I have worn that outfit myself? No. Do I think anyone else wearing it? It would have been great. Probably not. No, and um, I like the pants, but I where I would see myself wearing the pants is to a business meeting. So whatever that would mean. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I think the pants and the big top was a choice. For sure. Again, she manages to look fine in it, but right so anyway so Candace is walking through <laughs> and she has you know the gift the little booties that she got the baby Dean she gives it to Ashley Ashley graciously accepts them and Candace goes over to uh you know sit down with the ladies it's a little quiet it's a little awkward she compliments Ashley on the sprawling view I love that Ashley has this event staffed so she had the food cater so she didn't have to worry about that there's people there making drinks, so that's nice. That was a very nice touch, I thought. Right. And then she, she, you know, brings over Dean. They have a moment. I feel like she kind of set Candace up a little bit because obviously Dean was going to be upset. You would just woke him up. <laughs> so now he's crying in my arms. Okay, whatever. It looks like I'm the villain. It's fine. You know, I think she took this moment, as she said, to realize that she's had a lot of back and forth within her own potential mother journey, but she sees Ashley not really having any issues with it, and it it was inspiring to her. And you brought yeah. that up last week or the week before as well. Yeah, that she um she doesn't aspire to do a lot of the things that Ashley does, but what she does aspire to do is grab motherhood by the balls, like Ashley has. What do you think about the food? Do they get it from catered from the restaurant? I just want to know. I don't think I saw a... any emu or kangaroo sliders, so I think we're clear on the restaurant. I saw some sort of like potato croquette. That's all I could pick out. I saw some really crunchy fried chicken, and I was also wondering is that emu fried? <laughs> 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 because it just looks so like not like chicken, but it was chicken, but I don't know. Around some interesting sauces too. So I was like, oh, is that like emu? Or is that <laughs> anything that's like any sort of exotic? <laughs> it couldn't be Australian food. It would have to be emu. We would have to assume because <laughs> we just know Michael and Ashley's past. I mean, the restaurant is closed. I wonder at what point did it close? Is it closed by the time the season started? Maybe because they have not mentioned it, honey. Oz, <laughs> <laughs> it's gone with the wind, honey. We've never heard Oz again. So, what are we thinking about um, our queen, Miss Huger's outfit, in the Fendi? Fendi Prince not. Oh, shit. Fendi this, Fendi that, Fendi everything. So, I, I mean, it's not my favorite Fendi outfit. I don't usually love a huge Fendi. I mean, a huge. I don't usually love a Fendi outfit anyway, but do I think she looks absolutely gorgeous? Yes. So, I had a friend who texted me. And said, listen, I need to talk to you about Karen's outfit. 
And I said, listen, I need to talk to you and let you know that I don't accept any Karen slander. I don't know how else I can let you all know that there is nothing that you can do. There is nothing that you can say. There is nothing that will make me turn on my queen. Yeah, okay. I just said that dress is hideous and she looks beautiful. I don't and know what else to say. Beautiful to me. And I said that too. I was like, it's a tacky ass dress. I love her so much. She looks great. Mm-hmm. I just, that's just how I feel about it. You know who looks more drab than her, Sharice? Well, let's not even get there yet. What about Wendy's outfit? It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, I, th- I love that. Like, I don't know, maybe. This is not very modern of me, but I love a woman wearing a dress to a baby shower, especially a long flowy dress. I just think it, when I, what other time could you do that? It's just like very cute and very cutesy. But um, then Wendy went for that, that severe eye I was referring to earlier, except for it was a, a pink matte that she used as the lid color this time. And then the fuchsia lip. Um, I like the dress more than I like the makeup i'll put it that way right but you know what i think that's just gonna be the theme here i don't think we're ever really gonna like her makeup if she does it herself yeah it looks better in the confessional it looks a lot lighter and and brighter and obviously hired makeup wise i feel like maybe only candace's looks good yeah um maybe robin's second i like her blush shade and i think that i um like the lid shape looks nice on her. Yeah, it's it's there, I guess. So, but it's not offensive, and that's all I can ask from this group. Right. So Ashley decides now that we're all sitting around, we all got a drink. We all have which this sort of punch this little drink. I don't know. It looks really refreshing though. Mm-hmm. But we're all sitting around. We all got food, and um. She decides to let Candace know. She's like, I want you to know that this is what we're talking about and it's being talked about behind your back, aka her. She says, some people just have a hard time being held accountable for what they say and do. And I think you do. And unfortunately, Candace is one of those people. She'll be accountable, but she has to be accountable on her own time. You can't force her to be accountable. But I think that's just, I mean, anybody really can't force them to be accountable, but she Definitely takes her sweet ass time. Mm-hmm. And she also rides so hard in saying I'm not going to be accountable that it's very, it's very hard to watch her come back with her tail between her legs because it's like, okay, well, you did all that barking. It's kind of ridiculous. Right. But again, I'm not liking that. Whoa, Wendy's wig is sitting on her head, honey. <laughs> okay. No, it's um, literally, there's Wendy's forehead, then there's Wendy's real hairline, then it's the wig. It's because she has one of those far-reaching hairlines, so it's kind of like... Yeah, her hairline is down on her eyebrow, for sure. It's it's like you can only do but so much with the wig, mm-hmm. with, with that kind of hairline. Mm-hmm. It's either the wig is sitting on your fucking eyebrow, or your hair is sitting on it. It's, you gotta pick and choose. Oh, and then, you know what, and I have a problem with Ashley... And you know, going on this whole accountability train, it's very reminiscent of Teddy from Beverly Hills. It's like you're doing this whole I'm an accountability coach, accountability, accountability. But when push came to shove for you to be accountable, you were like nowhere in the room. So I don't, I'm not really feeling that. 
Candace maintains that she would have apologized and she wants to apologize, but um, that the dinner was an ambush. And then she's not interested in having a conversation with Ashley in front of the group. And she said, when I said that, it should have ended there. And then Monique interferes and says, you always want things on your terms. Um, I don't recall a time that Monique took things not on her terms. Okay. And then Candace says, that's my wish and my issues with Ashley. My issue was not with you. It's not with this rug. It's with Ashley. <laughs> Sister, let's talk about Dean. How much is Dean weigh? What's Dean's middle name? When is he going to start to look more like you? Shade. Yeah, that was a sneaky little one there. He has Ashley's shaped head, which is unfortunate because it's not a great shaped head. He looks literally like Michael. So then Monique says, if you're in aggressive hostile person then you're going to get an aggressive hostile environment and then mm-hmm. as candace says like you're aggressive and hostile monique goes i'm not aggressive and hostile i'm like okay guns blazing on her arms her arms turned into angela bassett in that moment and then wendy the voice of reason clearly she said if she doesn't consider everybody here her friend then maybe that's the reason she doesn't want to talk in front of everybody and then she gives Candace the floor. Candace, do you think everyone here is your good friend? <laughs> um, that's a good question. I don't know anymore. And then Monique rolls her eyes. Well, then Monique rolls her eyes as Wendy is saying, you know, I'm loyal. I'm your good friend. Da, 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 da. And then Monique goes, tread lightly. A pet hmm. peeve of mine when someone would like, it's, I mean, you can call it passive aggressive, but when someone's talking about you in earshot of you and they want you to hear what they're saying, but they're not talking directly to you, they're using someone else as the way to get their words out. It's like, okay, well, you're, j- I'm literally right here and we were literally just talking. So why, and Wendy's literally sitting there smiling, like, okay, you're like, what am I going to do? Because you're not talking to me, really. You're talking to Candace, just staring at me. I feel uncomfortable. Right. And then that's why Candace did that little fake chuckle. And then Monique did another passive-aggressive thing where she did the chuckle again, but, like, mimicked her chuckle. This would be the third point in which Monique was petty of the season, uh, well, of this episode. No, I'm sorry, not the season. She's been petty from day one, but of this episode. Do you mean to tell me your friendship is ruined because she didn't ask for Sharice to come? Because now Sharice is sitting on the same couch and it's fine because Ashley FaceTimed you and said she's coming. So that's completely okay. But you felt you felt ambushed in that first episode when Shasha didn't say a word to you. You want to be hitting people, hit Sharice. I mean. That's what I'm saying. You're hitting. I, like I said that last time, like Candace is a very easy target. And so I don't respect you when you pick on her as a target. You look weak. To anybody that's worth, to anybody that can see what's going on, hmm. okay. Oh, bitch! Let me tell you. So, in that Instagram live, when talking with Chris, guess where the fucking rumor about Chase and the whole like the trainer and all that? Guess where that originated from? It wasn't even Sharice. It was fucking Gigi, her friend from season two. You even friends up. She wasn't even a friend of Even the people you bring on for a cameo will turn on you. Oh, shit. Damn. Ooh, that is wow. messy. I didn't see that coming. What the fuck happened there? That's what I'm saying. 
that is wild. And there, she said, like, Gigi's the one who told Cherise, who told Giselle, who told everybody, like, spread the rumor. It started with Gigi. So, Monique, are you, is there something wrong with you? And that's why women are treating you this way? Or is it just women have just such a reaction to you? I can't tell which one it is. But I will say Gigi was close to you. So for Gigi to go out on a limb and say that, I mean, it's really tough for me to pretend that what she's saying is all fiction. Well, we know the cheating is true. I believe. Maybe she didn't full-blown on to have penetrative sex with him. But there was a tongue on something. A finger in something. For sure. So then Candace says, that she's not said anything disrespectful and that she's not sitting on a high horse. And then Monique goes to say, I've not laughed about her looking at a $2 million house. I've not laughed at her making fun and saying that it's her mom's house. I've not done any of those things to her. So then she does that passive aggressive thing again because she's also not looking. First of all, she's referring to Candace as her, even though Candace is right there. She's not looking at Candace as she's saying it. She, she, she's very. She's looking at Candace very limitedly, like not a lot in this scene, and she's pulling in other people. You know who I want to compare her to, and she'll be honored to be compared to. This gives me shades of Nene when she called Wendy and she said, "I didn't say Kenya had a, had someone else's eggs for her baby so it looked different. I didn't say Kenya has a husband that doesn't love her. I didn't say that." You just said it. You did say that. You said it right now. Again, you're doing that passive-aggressive thing where you're saying what you said that you didn't say. <laughs> yeah, so you so you did. You had not. That would have been a fact five minutes ago, but now you have said it. The first word that comes to mind is disgusting, and maybe that's not really the proper way to use it, but it's also the first word that came to my mind, so maybe it is, but there's just something so disgusting about passive aggressiveness to me. I don't I don't know why it skeeves me out. It is so slimy to me. And <laughs> since we're kind of where I want to talk to you about this off line. Since we kind of talk a little bit zodiac sometimes, it's very, it's the fire sign in me. I cannot, I will not stand for that. I need I need it straight. I need it uh uh-uh. uh I don't have the time for that. And for you to think that's cutesy or funny or you're getting one over on me, now I'm fucking pissed. It's, it's, wait, was I supposed to, am I cutting that out or am I keeping it? What? What you just said. I'm editing this episode, right? Oh, but wait, are we talking about what, what did I just say that um, needs to be cut? Oh, well, it doesn't matter. If you're, if you're the one editing it, I don't care. Um, yeah, there's just something so. I mean, like I don't have. Oh, maybe I do. Well, whatever. Yeah, there's just something so skeezy to me about it. Like I don't. I don't know where it comes from, but it like it really like. It pulls at me from my core. <laughs> like when I see someone, like Monique, someone you know so who I once thought was so cute and she still is cute. You know what I mean? But this is something I I text you and I have to say here, she's rotten to the core. She just is. 
she just is and there was always like twinges here and there kind of got a little hairy last season um but especially this season so far and I'm only on episode three and I'm and I'm glad that I stuck by what I said season one and how I said that I'm probably going to be on Candace's side and it's looking like that's continuing to be true I'm sorry I'm on Candace's side like there's something so so nasty and so rude about Monique when she gets into this passive aggressive territory it's disgusting to me and I don't know why it grosses me out I can't get over it it just grosses me out okay and I I wish I could I just wish I could further explain why it does I'm gonna do some 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 research some self-searching and I'm gonna find out why it skeeves me out there's something very like childlike about it I think that kind of like sets me off because it's like you're a Mm -hmm. grown-ass fucking woman if you have a problem to me you have been unable to speak up to me and say what your fucking issue is. Bitch, grow up. Grow up. Say that it bothered you that I had this person that was spreading true stories about you. <laughs> alleged, alleged, alleged. And let's move on. Like, you're harping on it now. You look crazy. Because also, like, I just, I keep saying... These rumors have not reached outside of Potomac. So you also look crazy going out of your way to defend these rumors that don't exist beyond the Potomac walls. Which leads into the point that I was talking about at the top of the episode of I Had To. You had to do it because you're on this TV show and Candace points out you don't have a beef with Giselle anymore. She's like, oh, it's you this year. No, because it does have to. Every year you do have to have some sort of conflict with someone. And so you feel like it's appropriate that it's Candace this year. It lines up for you. So that's what's happening. It's quite clear. Ashley, it's not you this year. Giselle, it's you this year. I didn't like seeing Robin doing a little kiki chuckle on the couch. I mean... You bring nothing to the show. At the very least, I need you to be on the right side. But I'm at, I'm expecting too much from you. You don't even expect that much from yourself. So uh, let me move on. If it's Mean Girl, she's Karen. Whew. Um. So what do you think about Candace deciding to take that moment to leave? This is Candace. I mean, everyone has their flaws. Even our queen has her flaws. But this is what makes it hard to just like ride for Candace unconditionally and just be like, yeah. It's like, okay, you should just shut her down. Her taunting you like this, don't do this. Don't give them the ammunition to continue to talk about you after you leave and continue to ha ha and he he at your expense. Like this, shut it down. Shut it. I wish she would just come in there and just tear them the fuck up and then have them shut up. And then from there, you're not getting one over on me, Nora, because that's not what's happening. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think, and, and Wendy tried to stop her, because Wendy also was like, babes, this is not, you know, Wendy is her political commentary as her profession, honey. So it doesn't look good. It doesn't look becoming <laughs> for you to just walk out of the situation. Now, I'm sure in Candace's mind, she was like, I'm trying to not have it escalate, which, you know, whatever, fine. But in the grand scheme of things, I also wish that Candace would have just stayed. Um, but, you know, Karen was like, she said she's done. We need to respect that. 
<laughs> because Karen, you know, as she said prior, she knows how it feels to be gang banged by these women. <laughs> right. If you need to get out of a situation, they're not going to pull like an Ashley on her at Candace's house where it's like you storm out. Let's bring you back in just for like the scene of it all. It's like if you need to leave, if you, that's your first instinct, then leave. I just wish it wasn't your first instinct. It gave them the ammunition that they needed. And it also made Monique feel powerful. And I don't think Monique deserved to feel like that, especially with all her past aggressiveness. Like, how you let her win by being passive aggressive? That's not going to work for me. Be aggressive, aggressive, and shut that shit down. And shut it the fuck down. And quite honestly, even if you are aggressive, aggressive with Candace, it's still misplaced. Why are you being aggressive, aggressive with Candace? Sharice is right there. There's so many people that perpetuated this that are right there. Candace didn't even perpetuate anything. All Candace did was be friends with Sharice. So then Robin goes to say with her frosty gold lid that we weren't attacking her. And again, why are you including yourself in the we? She goes, we were trying to have a conversation. Nobody raised their voices. Because Sharice is like, well, it's not about you raising your voices, like what you're saying. Um, who were all those people in the hallway when Candace was leaving? Why were there just so many random people scattered throughout the hallway? I don't know. Miss Sheila was there, though. My queen. We'll be right back after this short message from our sponsor. And then Giselle decided that she needed to say uh, that Candace is a 30-year-old, 14-year-old. And I thought that was very rich considering she has bobos in her hair right now. But, right, this whole accountability thing is really rich. When, again, I think when anybody was up on Pontius Pilate, I don't think any of these bitches were ready to get nailed to the cross when it was their turn. So I don't know why <laughs> we're shocked that you know no one's trying to be crucified. When Giselle needed to be, she had to pay the piper. She didn't want to pay, pay up. When Karen had to pay the piper, she didn't want to pay up. When Ashley had to pay the piper, she didn't want to pay. Like nobody wants to to own that shit. As Garcelle says <laughs> from Beverly Hills, sometimes I don't want to own it. It's a lot to own it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really convenient to call her a child. And again, it's like these women know about her mommy issues. And so they bring it up in any single moment. And I feel like that says a lot about them as well. Like, just because you can see someone's flaw and just because it's very obvious to you doesn't mean that you can use it at any single and every single opportunity. Yeah, and it's like, let's say one of your kids ends up having a complex with you. I mean, you are a reality star. That's bound to happen with at least one of you. And I'm looking I, at you, Giselle. I would hope you would, would not want their friends and their peers to treat them the way that you're treating Candace over the fact that she has issues with her mother. And again, I just can't see how they don't see how this is like ganging up on her. I'm just confused. So anyway, Candace leaves. Ashley follows her. She says, let's sit and talk for a second. And Candace just says, at the end of the day, the issue is between me and you, not me, you, and Monique, or me, you, and anybody else. I don't want to talk about it in front of the group, and let's leave it at that. Like, 
then it flips back to what's still happening in the penthouse. Of course, Giselle is being messy and facilitating this discussion because why not? She said there was a whole lot of Sharice talk the other night. And Sharice goes, me? Bitch. (laughs) I love Giselle for this moment. It's moments like these that I'm like, okay, keep her on the show. Because thank you for saying it. Someone had to. I'm sure the scheduling of Not For Lazy Moms could be rearranged. (laughs) (laughs) You know the thing about a podcast? You know, I I know a thing or two nowadays. Um, you kind of make your own schedule. You knew that you had to come to this event. <laughs> but I did enjoy the fact that Sharice was like, you know, there's a lot to talk about when it came to Candace, though. That's mm-hmm. interesting. And she hmm. was like, when Candace was running out here, y'all were calling her immature, so now you're going to do the exact same thing she just did. And Monique is so nasty that she says, yep, I sure am. Ooh, you know it's bad. I hate when people are like, even leaning into like, yeah, I am being disgusting right now. I don't even care. That's what's happening. I don't want to talk about it. Right, because Robin was like, the same stuff you're talking about, Candace, you're doing the exact, same exact thing. And she ran out the room like the little scared bitch that she is. And that's the problem. And that's my problem with Monique beyond the passive aggressiveness. It's also like you're picking on Candace because Gigi probably has too much dirt on you, so you can't use her even though she would be a more worthy opponent. And who that's who you should truly be mad at because that was the one that was spreading it in general. And you know that you cannot stand up against Sharice because she probably also had a lot of dirt on you and Sharice could hold her own. So the only person that you seem to be really picking on and upset with, who you logically should be the least upset with, is Candace. And it makes me look at you crazy because you used to go around saying how Candace is your sister, your little sister, you're this, you're that. That's how you treat somebody who was your little sister? I mean, Sharice was your big sister, and look how you treated her. So Ashley and Candace are having a little moment. Candace does her little full napping trick. She's crying. I would have liked to see some oil sheen or like a nice hair serum in Candace's leave out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, looking a a little on the dry side. A little hay-like. Um. Also, I forgot to interject and say this earlier, but I loved when Ashley was addressing the group and she was giving, like, kind of her hostess speech as she's breastfeeding. I just love that. (laughs) Quite frankly, that kind of concludes the episode. So then we start to see next week's scenes. Karen has this weird moment. Um... Where she's in this throne chair, she has this guy reading in an accent and singing. And the lyrics to the song include The Grand Dame has moved back to Potomac. Mm-hmm. Karen supports the arts, and I like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so Karen's having some sort of party after that. She's in an all pink suit with a pink hat, doing a whole jig. So we'll get to see that. And then Robin goes and says that um, Candace told Wendy that you're a monster to Giselle. And for some reason, Giselle seems to be confused by that. Shocked, even. As if she's not monstrous. (laughs) As if she has been been behaving pretty monstrously toward Candace, so that lets me know that she, you know, lacks a lot of self-awareness, but 
I we knew that, but you know, that just confirmed it. She says if she wants to see Monster, I'll be more than happy to give it to her. I don't know why that's every black parent's favorite line. Mm-hmm. You've given it to me. That's why I just said you're a monster. <laughs> I didn't do that so that you could do it more. I did it so that you would stop. <laughs> so that you would take this as a point of self-reflection and see how you possibly come off as a monster toward me. Not so that you can be even more monstrous, which is a scary thought, because if this is you not being a monster, then I can't really imagine what it would be like if you were actively trying. So then it clips to the next scene, and Candace and Giselle are having to talk, and she's like, sometimes you're not nice. And then Giselle flips, and she's like, I believe you meant to be mean and nasty, and you thought you were funny. It's not. What? I don't think she is trying to be funny when she called you a monster. I don't know. Is anybody funny when they're trying to be called somebody a monster? <laughs> but I was living with my uncle. <laughs> and he would hear us talking and he would come back down and we'd still be talking. And then we finally hang up. He'd be like, what did y'all talk about? And I said, uncle, I don't know. <laughs> like I couldn't tell you what was happening that whole conversation. Now we know. Right, now we get to listen back to it. Now we finally know what we've been talking about for two plus hours. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so we we did a little side rant, but um <laughs> so <laughs> who is your housewife on display for your, this particular episode? You know what? My housewife on display, and I have to Bring it back to my sister Kay because her housewife on display for Beverly Hills was Lisa Renna. And I said that that shook up the podcast because usually we had been awarding it to people in a positive light. We hadn't awarded it to anyone in a really negative light. And it really like changed my perspective. So Monique has to get it for me. She showed her ass this episode, like you said. She showed her ass multiple times. I only pointed out three, but quite honestly, if I was really trying to be nitpicky, I could have pointed out more. At least five. At least a handful. Yeah. Okay. So it's funny. I mean, claps for her. (laughs) Right. She's the housewife on display, but it's it's a bad showcase, darling. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, you know, we talked about what's going to come up next week. Like we said, we're going to have a special guest. That's going to be great. It's going to be fun. Alert, alert, alert. Breaking news, breaking news. <gasps> Trey Songs. Trey Trigger Songs is allegedly a rapist. People were calling him Trey Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Put the fucking air horn noise in right now. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, wee baby. Trey? Kelly? So do you want to discuss, because you know these people more than I do, so do you want to discuss where these... These well, these rumors have been around for a while. Let's be quite honest. The man is also <laughs> that's what's so bad about that's it all. The, that's the sick part. But then the man also has like de- deleted like his Instagram or like or postponed it or whatever they do it. 
only to come back and for these rumors to reappear. But do you want to explain to our listeners how this came about this time around? Okay, I'm going to try to make this as short as possible. There's an industry lady of the night. Her name is Selena. And her Selena Powell, she's known for having... I don't know, rendezvous with Offset and Snoop Dogg and those of the like, okay? She was at one point going to be on, like, 11 Hip Hop. So imagine that type of girl, okay? Um, She comes on this podcast with this guy named Adam22. Now, he basically interviews rappers and industry ladies of the night slash porn stars slash cam girls, like that, like sex workers and rappers, basically, kind of. So she's a kind of frequent guest, and she likes to break the internet. She's thirsty, and she wears that with a badge of honor. She like she likes being known for wanting to make headlines. Okay, right, right. So she brings her little friend on, and she said in the past similar accusations about Trey Songs urinating on women in a sexual manner. She said that a little while ago, people were saying it was a lie. Her friend comes on and has a very similar story. In the end, she gets asked, she, she calls it an accidental pee. He accidentally pees on her. He asks her to lay in the tub naked and like fondle herself. And he peed on her while that happened. And the part I found most disturbing was she goes, oh my God, my lashes. So that let me know he peed on her face also. Um, right. Yeah. And and so here's the thing. We're not in the business of... Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. All of that was alleged. I just made all of that up. <laughs> We're not in the business of yucking people's yums, okay? If that is a thing for you that gets you going you know what life is short whatever fine but you can't expose me to that without asking me first you don't involuntarily piss on people and you don't involuntarily piss on my face it's one thing that you just pissed on my body but for you to do that on my face is without my acknowledgement my permission is wild even if I was into the kink I wouldn't want you just doing it on my face like without me knowing. Yeah. I think that was like a fair issue that she had. She also mentioned that Trey allegedly had her trapped in this hotel room, took her phone, and when she tried to take it back, he threatened to like throw it over the balcony. He said, you're not going anywhere. Bleep. Allegedly. And when she would ask him what time it was or if she could go, he would say no. And then he allegedly told her that he she could leave when he had to leave for the studio. But when she asked him, well, when will that be and what day is it? What day is it? What time is it? So she doesn't know and she doesn't know the time or day. When she asked when that would be, he wouldn't tell her. So this is also, even though it's alleged. <laughs> This story also corroborates other stories and other accounts, especially one famously been, that has been made by Kiki Palmer, mm. who has said that she had to hide from Trey in a closet. That he took her phone and she hid in the closet. 
then the people also have helpfully pulled up this video. I don't know if you remember the Meg the, video. Yes. Of yes. Meg and Trey in the car. Meg is visibly fucked up. And he's trying to pour more liquors in her throat. Now she has enough sense of awareness to push it away. But it's it's like little things like that. It's it's the same story, different people. And then there's a he's in a lawsuit with a woman who alleged factually that he in a club earlier this year in Miami fingered her anus in the club involuntarily. (laughs) (laughs) It's not funny and I'm not laughing at her. Most certainly not. It's just the audacity of some of these men. The, The gumption. (laughs) I'm shaking my head back and forth right now and and again we laugh at things that are blasphemous and this falls under that category I cannot believe that this these are the things that are happening that's when Hollywood is a place man we find out just slivers of information come through the cracks and the things we find out they are so layered it is unreal to me. Yep. Wow. Um, I don't know if you saw, but he replied. Of course, he had to reply. Did you see what he was doing? I saw that he replied. Of course, he was denying it. He posted some screenshots of this woman <laughs> texting him, you know, repeatedly telling him to unblock her and saying all sorts of, you know, the nasty things that the cloud chasers say, like, you know, pull up, Uber me there, wherever you at, I'm in your city, let me eat your, <laughs> eat your ass, we're growing on this, this podcast, okay? And all sorts of, you know, nasty, I'm with it shit. Um, my confusion though, um, and this woman also had called him the N word, and she's a white woman, so but he also didn't address that. So, a lot of people had issue with that. They're like, You're nasty, and you let this woman call you nasty things. Mm-hmm. My issue with, with the screenshots was I, I was confused as to what they were supposed to prove. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and again, I spoke to some people about this as well, and Every time, my my number one point with his thing is, okay, so if this was a PR move, if you're releasing this, it, there's a motive, there's something you want us to get out of this. What were we supposed to take from that? Because what I took <laughs> from that was that you totally let this woman eat your ass. That's what I heard. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what I know now, in addition to what has already been allegedly said about you, is that you get your ass ate and that you let white women call you the n-word that's what i know now allegedly i know that for now for sure now and i know that she obviously has your number and is comfortable contacting you when she's in your city for a hookup so i don't it kind of falls more into her favor (laughs) yeah he's a dummy you're dumb 
And I mean, the the issue was never that she she. It's not that like she ever said like, oh, I, I don't talk to this man, or oh, he be oh, he be thirsting after me. It's not like she never said that. Like if you were trying to prove that she's a thirsty one, we knew that she was comfortable saying that. Both of that. So I I I was just confused as to what that was supposed to prove. And I want him to tell me what that was supposed to prove because I don't think he knows. He, I don't think he really spoke to anyone and got clearance on if he needed to put that out because I think staying silent would have done him a world of good. <laughs> I don't think Trey realized, unfortunately for him, early enough that we were approaching you need a lawyer territory. <laughs> we're approaching bravo bravo fucking bravo don't, don't say a word don't say a fucking word we're approaching Miranda writes everything you can say wait, what is it whatever you say can, can and it will be used against, against you, you in the court of law in the court of public opinion you it's have quite the clear. right to remain silent bro <laughs> use it and they strongly encourage you to use it because Ooh, you said too much. Because you're saying a lot of the wrong things, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> he is stupid. And these allegations are serious, man. <laughs> <laughs> I would call him slanderous. <laughs> and it's right. And it's all true, allegedly. So <laughs> that's oh, where wow. I was confused. I just didn't understand the point of him submitting those pictures. That... <laughs> it was a bad move. <laughs> <laughs> just honestly further incriminated him. And I didn't understand the point in um you know him thinking to speak. You know, he was he did that thing where, you know, they, they say, Oh, you know, whenever you try to be good, the devil try to bring it down. The only person that ever references the devil trying to bring them down is someone who is not good in the first place. Right, right? someone devilish. Someone who has a familiar relationship with the <laughs> devil, okay? <laughs> and knows how he moves. A devil himself, okay? So I don't... I don't think Trey knew, and it's really unfortunate for him, especially given that he's just come out of a lawsuit. I don't think he realized that actually what I need is a PR person and a lawyer. Because it's it's about to go down again. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, and I saw some a comment that chilled me to the bone. In, in, <laughs> it was this woman. It was a you know just a local because again he has. I'm sure locals get caught up in this all the time, and we're silenced as locals. But he, I mean, the girl said. I have two homegirls that have fooled around with him. And let me tell you, it's worse than that. And that, talk about last night. I was staring at the ceiling in the dark thinking about that all night. Ooh, I don't want to know what's worse than that. Wow. Yikes. Mm, So Trey Kelly it is. Trey Kelly it is. (laughs) I don't... Oh, wow. You know what? This year, I've lost so many people I loved and cared for this year. I've lost so many. So many of them. And in the words of Future, and they ain't dead. <laughs> I've lost them, and they're not dead. Look. They're not dead. They're just lost to me, bro. Dead to me. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, another one. 
gone. Another one gone just like that. Gone because they're stupid. Do you not get everything in this world already? Why do you have to go out of your way to be the most disgusting person and get everything you want? You you cannot live out everything that crosses your mind. Just because you want to do it doesn't mean it needs to happen. My issue is it's like I mean, we, we know rape is, is, it's not about sex, you know, it's about power and control. Right. Which is why it's interesting that you're doing it just because, I mean, I guess anybody can feel the need for some more power and more control, but you have power and you have control. Right. What more could you want? You have it all. So you're definitely sick because what you're telling me is that you, you don't, you don't want the woman that's going to be down to do everything like you got. You can ask any woman right now to do something and she will do it. You can find any woman that will be happy, happy to do that shit for you. She was me. She's not <laughs> me anymore. <laughs> I wow. mean, with that, I mean, what else can can we say? Uh, Listen, we invite you to follow this news story on your own. I think Trey deleted his posts, but you know, if you just Google, you'll find them. They're on the shade room, too. Right. And that's good old shade room. (laughs) Um, Doing the important journalism. (laughs) And um, talk about hard hitting journalism. The shade room. The shade room. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you want to see the video, um, which was actually a pretty good interview, it was entertaining in my personal opinion, um, you can go on. We'll link it. We'll link it. We'll link it down below. But what was his name? We'll give him a shout out. What's the name of the show? The show is called No Jumper, and it's Adam Twenty Two. He does podcasts. He does them like on YouTube. I'm sure you could stream them too. But I usually like most people watch them on YouTube. Correct. And if you just go on his videos, he actually has a segment of just the girl describing that, and mm-hmm. then he also has a seg the whole segment with Selena, and it's just her and her friend talking about Trey songs and and other people. So I invite you to go watch it. It was interesting. They're nasty, and I love it. And I, you know, I think, I think that's it for the breaking news. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to add? I think it's a pretty mic drop moment. I think the podcast is pretty much over. Yeah. <sighs> Until Beverly Hills. Until then. <laughs>